Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Steven Jaggers, and I am your host. On today's beautiful episode, I got one of my dear sisters, Caitlin Howe. She is a coach for Fit for Service. She's an incredible medicine woman and just got done taking our somatic release breathwork practitioner training. This was a very powerful episode. It got a little emotional, and that's always welcome on the Mind Body Mentor podcast. So I have no doubt you guys are going to get so much from this conversation. If you guys would like to support the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Write us a little love note. I read every one of those, and I am just so thankful for your guys' support. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Organifi. You can use the code MindBodyMentor for 15% off at checkout. I use all of their superfoods. They are 100% glyphosate-free. I use the green in the morning, the red before a workout. The gold's my favorite. I, uh, I put it in pancakes. I make tea. I put it in smoothies. It is phenomenal. And my dear friend, Drew Canoli owns a business. He's an incredible human. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Vivo Barefoot, my favorite shoes. Not only are they so good for your feet, but they're actually pretty stylish. Um, I use them for hiking, just for, for casual wear as well. So if you want a discount code, you can use the code AJBARE10 for 10% off at checkout. Give them a holler. Check them out. They're my favorite. And as always, this podcast is sponsored by Somatic Release Breathwork. If you are a coach, practitioner, therapist looking to be able to utilize this modality for mind-body transformation, it is so powerful. We are in the midst of our online training right now, but we got some upcoming live trainings coming up. You can check them out at somaticreleasebreathwork.com. And without further ado, here is the uninterrupted podcast with myself and my beautiful sister, Caitlin Howe. All right. I am so honored to have Miss Caitlin Howe, warrior goddess, poet queen. It's been such an honor to share space with you, hold space with you teach learn from you and i'm very excited to have this this mind meld this conversation absolutely me too thank you so much for having me i the honor and appreciation is so deeply mutual i'm really really excited to be here yeah first off i'm curious i know that you kind of made not necessarily a recent transition, but like within the past two years, you kind of dubbed yourself as the poet queen. Yeah. What, what, how, how long ago did you do that? And the, yeah. what, what was the inspiration for that? Oh yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, this is, this is interesting. I actually, I felt that it's my Instagram handle and I felt it come through as an archetypal representation of what I feel my highest expression is and it is it being an archetype you know right we have in the feminine in, in the masculine as well there's king warrior magi- magician lover these are foundational archetypes and the lover to me is the poet the yeah. poet is in love with life the poet's enraptured in the beauty of life 
And that's how the poetry is born. So the poet is the lover archetype. And the queen, you know, is this, she's the, the full encompassing expression of all the emanations of the feminine in her power, um, you know, in her, in her sacred royalty. And it's not, it's a, it's an archetypal combination that I feel is my highest expression and is an archetypal combination that is available and waiting to be activated in all of us. You know, Poet King is another thing. (laughs) And I felt this come through actually in Sedona, the year I met you, I believe. Mm -hmm. I was, um, you know, we were out there for fit for service and we co-facilitated breath work. And I was just kind of winding down from the event and feeling very inspired and more inspired than ever to share my writing, to alchemize everything that we had been doing in our practices into, you know, pearls of wisdom and support for the collective. And I felt like I needed a more captivating handle than just my name. I wanted it to be a message. I wanted it to signify something for people and the poet queen was the only one that was available. There was also poet queen that I was kind of aiming for, but yeah, the, <laughs> was the poet queen. Please. So that was available. And I was like, it's bold, but I'm going to do it. And was able to get the website domain and everything. And it was, it was interesting though, because <clears throat> sometimes these things come, come through and I can say in hindsight, I wasn't fully in that expression as mm. you know, quite yet. This was almost like it was a becoming. It was something that came to me as here's what you're here to be. Claim it. Now mm. do the work to embody it. And that's been a journey since I claimed that name. And I think, you know, when we feel that come through, it's like potential is kind of blinking at us and going, this is what you are now. Mm here's your path. And it's been an, an unfolding as to what that means. So that's the origin of the poet queen. Um, but it's definitely a shared, a shared expression and something that I continually seek and do, um, inner work to embody. <laughs> that's so beautiful, you know, to just, to have the awareness and the clarity around our highest potential and then sort of name it, claim it, and then being okay with, with it's still going to be a journey and it's still going to be a pendulum um, that swings back and forth, but we actually know the direction that we want to go. And I love what you're, I love what you said about, you know, the, the feminine archetype. And I think that especially yourself, you know, being a pillar of the fit for service community, holding it, you're definitely holding it down for that feminine archetype. (laughs) Um, not to say that, you know, the other men involved aren't, uh, aren't, aren't integrated as well, but you know, they are some, some masculine men, you know, Aubrey, Kyle, Godzi, what's it, what's it like, like being the pillar for the feminine, for this powerful community that you guys are creating? Mm. Well, firstly, it's a deep honor. Um, sometimes I I still have to pinch myself. I hope I feel that way forever because the, the spirit of the mission of fit for service is growing and revealing itself. And the more it grows, the more it reveals itself, you know, like a baby coming into its, its fullest expression. Um, as you know, after we birthed it in 2019, 
I'm really continually learning how big and how meaningful it is. And so to find myself in this position to be able to hold the feminine for Mm -hmm. so many people who come to us for support and to just realize their own highest expression, to be held in their healing, to be held in their vulnerability. And, um, you know, it's, it's a deep honor and it's, it's maternal in a sense there's a lot of mother energy that comes through me in our community. And I would say it's also been a learning, um, a learning experience and it has grown me because absolutely when we first began being, I was one of four coaches, the rest of them all men. And there were my own issues of stepping into my power, so to speak. And when you're surrounded by the powerful expression of the masculine, there can be an almost, um, there can be almost this pressure that you might put on yourself as a woman to embody the masculine, to meet them. And so it took me some time to really recalibrate and recognize that my natural expression, it's this heart energy. It's this nurture. It's this intuitive knowing it's, it's, it's tending, you know, um, and it's powerful, but it doesn't look like Eric's expression or Kyle's expression, Aubrey's expression. And I had to work on that with myself Mm -hmm. and set aside trying to show up the way that I felt that they did and allow my own natural expression to really, to really trust it, that this is what wants to be here and it's what's needed. And I found that as I, as I evolved and really embraced myself in my Mm -hmm. feminine and, and allowed that to be as powerful as it actually is people really, really appreciate it. And they really need it. And it's helped it. It's helped it really anchor into me, like being in, in the feminine, being in the heart, you know, it feels like we have these pillars and fit for service, like physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental. And it, we didn't plan it this way, but it kind of felt like each of the coaches took one of the categories and held that frequency. So it's like Aubrey and spirit, Kyle and physicality, Eric and mental and me and emotional, which for me feels like the heart, you know, and, um, and they all are interconnected, none more important than the other, all of them essential. Mm, Yeah. It's, um, I've seen this in relationship a lot. I've, I've seen it with a lot of the feminine around me is that we are sort of rewiring what it looks like for, the feminine to be in its fullest expression because it doesn't, it doesn't look like, you know, and, and we both, we all have, you know, both aspects, the feminine and the masculine, but naturally the feminine, I I believe wants to be in that place. And as a culture, as a society, we don't, we don't look at it um, with the same sort of value and the same sort of like progress mentality. So I'm, I'm seeing this with, with a lot of the close women around myself, um, stopping the pattern of being so hard on themselves for needing to look at themselves and their own growth in a certain way from that masculine lens of progress and, and, and really valuing the, the space holding and the heart centered nurturing that is needed right now, more than any sort of masculine progress, uh, expansive growth. So it's, that's, that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and I think that I really enjoy 
what you said about, you know, you guys birth this and it's, it's continuing to reveal itself. And I feel the very similar to my journey with somatic release breath work. And you know, it was something that was kind of birthed from many different modalities that I, that I had studied for a long time. And I just, I just birthed it, but now it's, it's created itself into its own thing. And everybody wants to sort of have things figured out, right. They want to like have it figured out and then go do it. But even if, even if we think about the words, like figuring it out, it's like, you are figuring it out as you go. It's never figured. You are, it's just like the, the clay, the, the, the clay potter, right? He's, he's molding the clay into position. He's figuring it into shape as he's going. And I think that if people start to adopt that sort of mentality, a lot of the sort of feelings of imposter syndrome will start to dwindle away because life is a process and nobody has their shit figured out. That's one thing that I figured that, that I've realized along this journey is no matter how, how successful someone appears, they don't have, they, they don't have it all figured out. And I still try to figure it out. It's, <laughs> such, a, it's such a deeply ingrained mechanism that um we feel like we need to survive we're trying to control because we want to know and realization i loved it i felt you just adjust your language really quick you said something i figured and you're like no i realized and i think that this is actually this is what we are doing here what we can do that that's so much more fluid and um, allows what wants to be to emerge you know through what we birth we give birth to something then we listen. And when we listen mm. to what it wants to be, we realize what it will be. We realize ourselves in that process and the figuring it out tries to control and know and plan accordingly and avoid pain, avoid mistakes, all of this stuff we're, we're planning. Um, but it doesn't make space for the listening that's required to realize what, what wants to be. And uh, that's definitely, that's definitely been part of what's happened in fit for service was shifting from, you know, this, this impetus to structure a curriculum that looks a certain way and apply it and, you know, provide some kind of perceived value through like, here is what you're getting and we're giving you. And it shift, it gradually shifted from that sort of approach to creating a container to, the space holding, like you named where you sort of, you hold the container, you create the container, and then you sit back and you allow it to be realized and you listen to what it wants to be. And you make space for everyone else to come in and, and reveal what it will be. And that's actually my word for, for 2022 is realizing realization. I, you know, I, I'm really um, in my listening and still trying to figure it out, but catching when I do that, and softening and going, okay, let me make some space and listen to what wants to be and then show up to it. I think, you know, we need that masculine. We need the masculine to take action. We need the masculine to drive forward, but we need it tempered with the listening of the feminine that's in all of us that allows for that realization process. Yeah, that's, it's the, it's the paradigm shift of continuing to take masculine action from the paradigm of the feminine you know it's it's from the paradigm of having a holistic perspective the paradigm of of 
of deep listening and, and, and reverence. And even I talk about this in my, in my trainings and in my courses that it's, it's really the, the, the ability to be responsible because mm. to be responsible or have the ability to respond is, is a byproduct of being in alignment, but also in deep listening to what actually is, what actually wants to come through. And that requires a, a level of sensitivity, a level of sensory awareness, a level of embodiment that we are being asked right now. And, and, and um, we are being begged by our earth to, be, to become more sensitive, to listen. And that's a big piece of my mission is to help people cultivate more sensitivity and and though we've seen um, from the patriarchal lens sensitivity as a as a weakness, but sensitivity is is one of our greatest superpowers, and it, it will allow us to tune in and actually listen to what what actually wants to come through. Because we don't need to know, we don't need to know. Like <laughs> we we take the pressure off of ourselves. We all we don't need to know if we can remain in our state of actually being a, a human being, then we are able to listen and we have the ability to respond to whatever needs to come up, whatever needs to move through in that, in that moment. So it's so beautiful to see you guys and to experience and to fully feel, um, what you guys are sort of uh, pioneering, um, in the world today. And I, I feel so honored to just be in the orbit of, of what you guys are cultivating. You likewise, you are very much in the orbit. You're part of the family and it's been, um, you know, we've all learned from you and continue to, I particularly have recently taking your breathwork training, but I love, love, love that you brought in sensitivity because this has been a massive piece of my recent journey into realizing what more is available to me in my body, in my service, in my art, in my sense of embodiment, my personal expression. And there is absolutely a paradigm shift that we're being invited into, um, into reclaiming sensitivity as a superpower. I, I believe that is something that we have numbed out, overridden, discarded, and atrophied collectively mm -hmm. to gr our great detriment as, as a people. It is, um, it is a super essential and beautiful and, um, and powerful aspect of our being as human beings. And it's, it's pretty fascinating just as I realize how, how powerful how magical sensitivity is and wants to be um, recognizing just the, the extent to which I, the, the measures I took unconsciously in my life to dull out the, the sensations of my sensitivity and what it cost me. And I really started to become aware of this, um, you know, in the second half of 2021. And I've been working deeply to reclaim my sensitivity and I'm still, I'm still in my process, but 
I, I think, you know, you speak a lot about words and what they, you break them down in this mm-hmm. way that really allows people to reconsider their ideas of what mm-hmm. the, what the depth of thought, the depth of the concept or the, the, the whole living body that, that exists behind the word, like bringing that back to life out of the ways that we've encapsulated it and quantified it and categorized it and called it good or bad. You know, um, there's, there's such opportunity for us in revisiting our language. And when we do that, we revisit how we relate to ourselves and sensitivity. You know, I think if there was one thing I could support this year and I will do it through my own work um, and the work that I offer for, you know, to support other people, it would be to to reclaim sensitivity. And the work mm-hmm. that you do is one of the most powerful ways I think available to us and so accessible for bringing this back online. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Um, I can, I can feel that in every one of my cells. Yeah. Words are so, it's so powerful because it makes up our paradigm in which we are, which we are thinking, you know, in, in the, in the internal dialogue last night, um, you know, I love breaking down words. I just think it's it's so important because for us to be in relationship, for us to connect, for us to commune, which is a deep purpose of our 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 being here, um, we actually need to know what we are what we are saying and understand the definition behind our words because there's so many of us using words and we have different definitions behind it and we think that we're in connection, we think that we're in relationship, but we're assuming. And even last night, I remember someone said the word awful. And they were like, oh, that's awful. And I was like, awful. That's full of awe. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like a bad thing to me. This is full of awe, like full of awe and awareness. And I'm just like, we use that word, but we don't even actually know. We don't even actually like use it in its correct context. Even I, I've lately, someone... Um, asked me, so you provide like alternative healthcare. And I was like, okay, well, let me figure out this word. Like I love and then to, like all alternative is to, to alter the native. And I'm like, no, this is actually native healthcare. We're not altering any sort of the native. Um, wow, this is the natural, <laughs> we're going, we're going, yeah, we're going back and forward from our natural, our natural state of being. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I know, and I can feel from, from you that you've been in a very tender space lately. And Mm -hmm. I know that you're moving through a lot. Would you be open to sharing perhaps a little bit about kind of what you're moving through? And then, you know, maybe if it pertains to, uh, the, the, the training that we just had and, and how that had an effect on, on what you're kind of moving through. Mm, Yes. This is a whole beautiful blossom of of deep experience. And I would be honored to share. Yeah. I, this all weaves together in such a powerful way. And the more that I explore what psyche is, you know, it's in our body, it it is in our body. You know, a lot of the time we think of psyche in this, in this concept of mind and conscious mind, unconscious mind, true. And it's all mind, you know, there's, we go into the dream space, we do medicine work and have these psychedelic journeys and we have vision and, and we have our emotional body and we have, you know, our waking life. And I've been really swimming in the interconnectedness of all of this ever since a, an ayahuasca journey that I 
I went into in September because I felt like a pretty, I felt like a pretty aware, realized person. Um, my life is good. My job is incredibly rewarding. My community is in, is a, a blessing beyond words. I am surrounded by such wise and deep and um, powerful, loving human beings. And for all, you know, for, for everything that I can measure in my life, I, I was there. I was good. I didn't think that I had, I, I didn't feel like I could do more work. I've sat in yeah. so many, um, you know, healing spaces between Kundalini yoga, breath work, you know, meditation, um, numerous modalities of psychedelic medicine and, um, and daily practices. And it felt like, you know, I've, I've done the work, you know, we hear that phrase a lot. Yeah. And I went into this journey and in spite of all of this, I still had this sensing that like, there was a bit of fracturing happening in my system. You know, I, I had some haunting dreams. I felt like I couldn't really open to intimacy romantically in a, in a very surrendered way. Um, this was one of the pieces that was not quite connecting yeah. my story about myself, <laughs> you know, that I was, I was fine. And so I went into this, this medicine space, you know, I was, I'd been, I'd been there a number of times and I brought the prayer, you know, please help me open my heart. And the medicine brought me to my body. It all, my entire experience, this was 14, my 14th time sitting with the medicine. My entire experience was all somatic. And I never really had that happen before. It had been a lot of vision or emotion, but not, but this was like, my body was shaking and like yeah. violently um you know i i went into this position where i sat up very straight and this was it was as though my body's intelligence just took over and started investigating every area in my body where mm -hmm. there was tension and i realized as this unfolded that what i perceived to be armor around my heart was an armoring happening in my body and that everywhere that my body was holding tension and protecting itself was actually the armor that I, I felt around my heart. Mm. I recognized this in the space and something that came through was, you know, there's a, there's a poem I really love by Mary Oliver called wild geese. And she says, you don't have to be good. You don't have to walk through the desert for a thousand miles on your knees, repenting. You just have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And what came through in the medicine space was you have restricted your body and told it what it can do and what it should do. And it is so confined by your ideas of what is right and wrong and what's okay that it hasn't been able to move in a way that it needs to. And so I gave myself permission in that space to get super weird yeah, <laughs> and yeah. fall and shake and convulse and tremble and, and just allow, allow, allow. And it was so intelligent. It was so intelligent. And I came out of that journey and our, our sister blue of earth <laughs> on Instagram, yeah. she was there. Um, 
blue cosmic eagle and she does these intuitive body work paintings and she gets on my arm and begins to paint after ceremony and she has this symbol come through of an element and neither of us knew what it was she was just like this is what wanted to come through it was very clear and so I look it up after she paints on me and it's air and I go that doesn't resonate. I'm not an air <laughs> symbol. I'm earth and I'm water yeah. and I'm fire. I'm all of the things but air. Yeah. And then on my way home, I started feeling into like, oh, breath, mm-hmm. breath and body. You know, um, there is a reason I don't feel connected to air. Yeah. There is a reason I feel um, dissociated from my body. I'm not breathing. And I, I, you know, I know the power of these modalities, but I was doing them periodically, you know, in a ceremonial container and then just going about my days in this really rigid, um, shallow breathing, physically dissociated way. So I was, I was physically overriding my body constantly with stimulants and busyness and distraction and productivity and all of these constructs, um, you know, that fall into a more masculine category and not really making space for myself to open and feel and express in my body the way that I needed to. And so it came through really clear after that, that I have to lean into breath work. And this was a sort of prescriptive from the medicine, like you begin with your body, feeling, listening, breathing. And it was around that time that I heard about your training and reached out to you. um, And got curious about really going in because I had, I could feel that I had some resistance to that. Um, And the next available was in December and this was maybe in October, but um, without giving a a very lengthy story, I I simultaneously had a personal um, sort of collapse emotionally. I I was in a relationship that began to begin to fall apart. It ended, it, it started to go into transition, you know, um, an intimate romantic relationship. And this sort of was the crack that I needed to open yeah. to this space that I'd been guarding. And it hit me in this really terrifying way, which was, I felt it to be a cycle it almost felt like a, like karma, like fate, like this feels exactly like what I've been through before. And I could see that I had created it in a lot of my behaviors and choices that were pushing away intimacy. And there was this sudden like lightning bolt in my life that was like, you, you're, you are creating your fate and it, it, you're turning it into a curse. And it felt like it felt like just my soul was like, wake up. You're, there's something you're not seeing here and you're going to keep experiencing the same pains and heartbreaks and similar stories and similar losses unless you go in to this deep place that you've been protecting and you face it. And so this began this, I, I cleared my life. I would, for people who know me or even follow me, you can probably see I am a, you know, notorious, uh, I'm, I'm very fun. 
I'm very, I have a lot of friends. I'm very social. I love to create experiences and, yeah. you know, go to Burning Man and go to all my parties and dress up in my costumes. I love that. You know, that was to me, that was expression and it is. And there was something deeper in me in all of that commotion that wasn't being expressed and felt mm. internally. And so I, I cleared the calendar. I, you know, set boundaries for myself to feel what needed to be felt instead of running from it, instead of numbing it, instead of anesthetizing it with anything like alcohol or food or whatever, just got super clean. And I was like, no more. I'm not going through the same stories anymore. I'm showing up to this moment in every way that I can find to. And so this was a variety of different approaches. And I did masculine this a lot, to, yeah. <laughs> just to be honest. I went <laughs> a little too, I tried to figure it all out. I wanted to fix it in two weeks, yeah. not how it works. Um, but, you know, I lined up, I got a coach, I got a healer. I, I, yeah. I, I went into combo ceremony. I did, I did everything that I could see, you know, that I could figure out, like, maybe this will help me. But it had its own, you know, it had its own path and it ultimately showed me and I started surrendering more and more and listening to what, what needed to be felt. And one of the big pieces for me was simply allowing emotion to be there and be an opening into it. So if it was anger, if it was sorrow, if it was grief, um, I really cleared my life in such a way that I made it I made it my priority to feel. So if a feeling came up, I allowed it. I went into it. And this process went on for some time before I went to go do your training beginning of December in Phoenix. And that was a pivotal moment for me. That was when I really stepped into breath the way that ayahuasca had invited me to. You know, I, I'd been practicing a little, but I didn't have the the knowledge and the, I hadn't gone into the discipline of it enough to cultivate a habit, you know? Yeah. Um, and so going into that training gave me more context for why it was so important and how accessible it was to me, how available, how all of the different ways that it can be utilized. It doesn't always have to be, you know, in an hour long yeah. ceremonial journey. It can be you know, in these little, in, in it doesn't always have to be intense. It can be gentle. You know, I learned so yeah. much there and just, just anchored in it. And what came through from there was, um, you know, we were in breath work, as you know, every day <laughs> for like four days in a row. Um, yeah, yeah. and it was truly ceremonial and, and honestly quite intense. And the very last day I had a dream where I was, um, it was a rape dream. It was the morning after we did all these breathwork practices and it wasn't a memory. This was not something that I saw and I was like, oh, I'm remembering something. It was, but it was in my nervous system, a living experience of what the energy of that kind of threat was. Mm. And when I came out of the dream, I was so shaken by it. And I could feel how my body had responded in the dream to the experience of this attack in successive ways in my nervous system to protect myself from mortal danger. And so what came through was this 
this successive, you know, how can I make sure I'm safe? How can I make sure I don't get killed? And I, I got to live in that dream, the responses in my nervous system that would happen in that situation, whether or not I've experienced exactly that and don't remember it, or I'm feeling something collectively, I don't, I can't say, but what I can say is that my, my nervous system knows that threat and that sense of threat was living in my body. And what it boiled down to was if I can make you like me, maybe you won't hurt me. Mm. And when that came through, I suddenly realized that my entire life, um, in so many ways, my nervous system had been living that story. If I can make sure that you like me, I'll be safe. And I could, it was the biggest gift of doing that breathwork practice all week because it opened me enough. It opened the channel enough for this emergent pearl of insight to come through. And, and now I'm like, now I'm aware of it. You know, now it's, it's conscious for me that this is happening on a subconscious level all of the time. So as a woman, if I'm, if I'm in public and I feel threatened or scared, how do I express in that moment to, to be safe? I make sure I'm pleasant. Likes you. Make yeah. sure everyone likes me. And this is the fawn response, you know, um, which I hadn't known about until that training either, which is, you know, that really tending to everyone and making sure that they're okay. So you're okay. This was the turning point of my life. It was like, I can now look at every relationship, every self-transgression and all of these things that I've done that have created subconscious trauma and built um, and put my body into a box that says, behave this way so you're safe behave this way. So you're safe. And now that I can see it, I can work with it. And so that was a huge turning point for me in a very big journey about really, really reclaiming my free will from fate, mm -hmm. because I learned gradually that everything that was unconscious in my nervous system was dictating what I experienced to be fate and actually preventing all of the good intentions of my free will from even being possible because it was so deeply rooted, you know? And so, so on a more mystical level, it's been on a, on a practical, physical human level, it has been simply connecting with my emotions and giving my body permission to feel what it needs to feel and express what it needs to express. And on a more mystical, higher level, it is, it is fate bending. You're taking what would have been your fate and you're allowing yourself free will to live your destiny. It's massive. <laughs> There's a lot more I could say, but I've been talking for a minute. Oh my God. I'd love to hear what comes up for you with that. Cause there it's been a powerful journey and I feel, I feel truly reborn <laughs> through it. So I just, I, first off, I don't have any, I don't have words for that. <laughs> I have some, I have some words, but wow. What, a, what an incredible awareness that you have around all of this and just your dedication to doing, doing the work, right? Because you are obviously a leader. You are such a leader and 
by that leadership it's you are leading from from that place of of going into your to yourself and doing that work for yourself and that will be felt because that will be felt from your your nervous system to everyone that you work with and just by you moving through that you give permission to everyone else especially right now the feminine energy which i think needs it so much right now on the planet it is it's so needed and whether or not that dream that you had was um you know something that had happened in this lifetime or previous lifetimes or um this is ancestral healing if you will and the thing that a lot of us don't realize is our, you know, first off, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, right? And the physical affects the energetic, the energetic affects the physical. It goes both ways. You can't deny either way. We can't deny our humanness. We can't deny our spirituality. And we have all come out of our mother, right? We have all come from our mother. Your cells and your body has come out of your mother's womb, which your, your body is not how old you are. It's thousands and thousands of years old. So when you're doing this work, it is clearing and repatterning and, and creating that sort of transitional character for generations to come and also healing simultaneously into the past. This is ancestral healing and uh, it is on a nervous system level. And, you know, one of my favorite topics is this sort of free will versus fate. And I think that a lot of us are realizing just the intelligence of nature itself, the intelligence of biology uh, I just listened to that podcast with Aubrey and Zach Bush, and I was just like, oh my God. Um, but he's just absolutely on point where it's, there is such an innate intelligence within biology and, and we've become so dissociated from it. And it's our journey back to understanding it. And that comes with understanding our body and honoring our own biology and our own physiology and actually being in connection to what is actually moving through our body and that's cultivating a level of sensitivity mm. but when we are wounded which whether or not you were wounded in this lifetime or previous lifetimes or for you know i mean it sucks to say it but for hundreds of years women were slaves you know you guys are deep deep wounding there and so that's inside of your cells, inside of your genetics. And it's remembered within every, within every woman on the planet right now. And so we are healing on a cellular level. We are healing on a biological level. And for me, biology and spirituality are the same thing. They are synonymous. And, and until we remember that, we will continue to live a sort of dissociated life until we remember that biology and spirituality are the same fucking thing. And whether or not you, I guess what 
the whole free will versus fate thing is is the concept of reenactment which peter levine uh kind of coined that term but it's the same thing as you will repeat it until you complete it because and you could say either on a spiritual level that your soul is calling in these circumstances over and over again so that you can so that you can karmically clear it or on a biological level your cells like life wants to grow if you look around outside life is striving for growth it's striving for balance and when you are wounded on a biological level or on a nervous system level spiritual level whatever you call it like it you're being your cells everything wants to grow so it will continue to call in those scenarios and throw these scenarios at you until you develop the sensitivity to become aware of it and find a new adaptive pattern to it and so you see so many people in this in this, in in life just continuing to unconsciously or consciously call in the same scenarios over and over and over again and whether or not they call it bad luck or they call it you know just uh, life just is out to get me or whatever whatever it is it's like no actually your cells your spirit it wants to grow from that so it's asking you to listen it's asking you to listen and we all have the choice right choices are human superpower but but right now i think so many of us are waking up to like we actually we actually can be the conscious creator of our reality and it's not spiritual bypassing it's actually listening to what's going on on a, on a biological on a spiritual level in our in our being wow that made me so emotional um and that's a another just an aside or not really an aside um part of sensitivity is tuning into when you have an emotional or physical response to something that you don't even totally understand why there's intelligence there. You know, when you speak to the matrilineal, the unbroken matrilineal cord of biological living, never died, never died, you know, body to body, this body of life that we are, um, and when that activates goosebumps and tears, there's truth there. There's, there's something that the body says, yes, yes, mm -hmm. you are, you are doing this for all women. You are doing this for the, un the never, the never died body of life that is humanity. And that is empowering. It's meaningful. It's um, painful. You know, it's painful. And we don't, we're so, one of the things too, for me, my journey was just really waking up to how deeply and unconsciously I avoided pain and the story that I can't handle it. You know, um, there was, there, there is a, I think an undercurrent of this strong story that we can't handle pain. And I think that that's really, um, that's really clear when we look at all of the myriad different, you know, tools and medications and so forth that yeah. we have obviously we don't we have certain things to prevent um you know death and and dissociate like the the trauma of pain because pain can yeah. be trauma but there is also i think we're we're stronger and and meant to feel 
this full spectrum Mm -hmm. of sensation and emotion that we have narrowed down so much in our ideas of bad, good and bad and right and wrong um, that we don't believe that we can handle what we're capable of handling. And we're here to handle it for everyone far after we leave. Um, And handling it is actually not the greatest choice of word. It's, it's to get to feel, feel to, to get to feel it fully and to then experience and realize the emergent wisdom that comes through feeling it fully there's wisdom there's divine wisdom available in the surrender of full feeling and when we allow that we get that treasure and we get to share it and um we we're just we're just declining so much treasure with this like i don't want to feel i don't want to feel and i'm speaking about myself you know um yeah I really, I really have been, I've been realizing how naturally sensitive and present my body has always been in the many, many ways that I've, I've turned that dial down and numbed it out. One of my favorite things that you've ever said was, um, uh, numbing is an active, yeah. is, is an active process. Mm-hmm. Um, that was illuminating as well as I took away, as I, as, as I simply gave myself permission to feel fully. I realized how much energy I was getting back to. It's not only wisdom that you get, you get back physical energy from just feeling like yeah. welcome anger, welcome pain. Then your body's not spending all of this energy trying to for feeling it. And so yeah. the, the story that I needed coffee every single day and that I was always tired. It's like, no, you're always dissociated. Yeah. that's what's going on i mean and that's that's happening on such a collective level right now the amount of uh, prescription pain medication that's that's prescribed nowadays i mean people are are taking this pain medication probably because they're feeling the pain of the the shitty reality that they're actually living and so it's much easier to just take this medication than it is to actually feel the pain of spending 10 years of your life in a cubicle and, and, and hating your actual experience and then facing it and like becoming responsible for your experience. It's not easy. It's not, it, it, but, but you will gain your life force back. You will. And so, you know, she's talking, she, you, you said, you know, numbing is an active process and it, we, it takes energy for ourselves to, to numb something. It takes energy, even physical pains in our body. Like if, if something is painful, your body is going to protect yourself from feeling it. It doesn't want you to feel it. So loving, but it's so loving and it's going to protect you, but, but it it doesn't want you to feel it in the moment. It wants you to feel it when you're ready, but Mm -hmm for for months and years and, and and years over time you know in the beginning the thing that helped you that helped you numb becomes the thing that blocks you from your sensitivity from your power it drains your energy so and the thing is too is that we we're not designed to do it alone either we're not just like the whole self-help thing. You know, I've, I've talked about that is that we are, we are communal beings. And I think that one of the greatest things that is going on right now in the world is creating communities around healing, around 
allowing people to be the fullest expression of themselves, no matter good or how, how good we might think it is or how bad it might look. It's that they, we're creating these non-judgmental community containers where we can co-regulate nervous systems and help each other remember who the fuck we actually are. <laughs> mm. Yes. This is so important because even, you know, obviously breath is a extraordinary tool for opening the channel and allowing motion to flow through, but there are so many, there are so many ways that we can give ourselves permission to express and to open these channels. And a lot of that comes simply from being in a community that gives that permission. You, if we are so confined by these ideas of societal norms and these things that were instilled in us in grade school and, you know, what we're, we're, this is the, this is the, <laughs> the irony is we're so perceptive. We're so vastly intelligent that we can sense anytime someone else is judging us, anytime someone else is freaked out by our behavior, we're so tuned in that we're dialing down our expressiveness to accommodate the way that we might be perceived by other people. And if we're in an environment where we can sense a palpable with our super our super sentience, our capacity yeah. sensitivity, if we can sense that there is going to be a judgment, we will inhibit all of these beautiful modalities, expression, deep breathing, dancing, shaking out something that feels getting fun. weird as fuck. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do we love Burning Man? You can do whatever <laughs> out there. Yeah. Like it's, that's that. And it's healing. And when we start to wake up to all the different ways that we have just told, like on some level of our, our loving mind, I love that you like the, the goddess body is loving. She's mm -hmm. so intelligent and she's, you know, connected to your well being and what you have, informed her as being a part of your well-being if you're like i don't want to feel that that feels painful i feel embarrassed they're judging me that's not allowed you're informing your intelligent goddess body men and women the body is a goddess it, it's it's a feminine physical yeah it's matter it's matter um if you're informing it with these paradigms it's going to protect you and it's going to make sure it's going to feel that that super sensory signal. I'm going to be judged and it's going to say, okay, we won't do that then, even though it can. And when you get, when you start to flip the script and give the body radical permission to express and feel however it needs to, then you re you, you rebuild that relationship with body where it's actually supporting you in expressing in ways that help you reclaim all of your energy, help you reclaim your free will, you know, help you to reclaim your big life. And I think that that's one of the beautiful things about creating these communities is that you get to experience an environment that's informing the agreements you've made with your body that it has permission to start practicing new things and expressing in new ways. And as you flex that muscle, so to speak, then you get more comfortable going back into the world where the old information may signal the same thing, but you've learned, you've, you built this relationship between conscious mind and unconscious as body that I love how this feels and I need to do it. And it also gives permission to other people. And sometimes we need to take a little space from the world to, you know, as I did 
to get into that relationship with myself as ironic as that may sound considering you know that i frequent burning man or that i have the fit for service yeah. community i still needed that because i still had my own ideas of what was right and wrong and i still had levels of unconscious you know constriction in myself and the reclamation of radical expression in all of its forms is one of the most transformative commitments that we can make to ourselves so i want to reclaim my permission to radically express what needs to come through me so I can also receive what wants to come into me. And that will give permission to everyone that's in your orbit the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it blows my mind, especially, you know, we can take the context of a breathwork session um, where I do a lot of one-on-one sessions with people. And it's like, how can I orient my nervous system to allow their nervous system to express in whatever sort of way. And, you know, when I talk about holding space, what holding space is, it's actually creating an unpressurized container where mm-hmm. there are, there are no judgments. There are no direct energy, um, from myself into the container where this person can actually express whatever they, they need to. It's un, it's an unpressurized container, but it just blows my mind as far as from the one-on-one sessions to group sessions is like, I can try to orient my, my nervous system as much as I can as a practitioner to how can I give myself or how can I give this person permission to express in whatever way. But if there's a person crying next to them and that's mm-hmm. something that they need to express, that is infinitely more, more powerful than whatever I could do as a practitioner is just the permission by the people, like the unconscious permission, if you will, just by other people being the fullest expression of themselves in this unpressurized container that gives people permission more than any sort of coaching, any sort of body work facilitation words that I could say, it's just other people being the living embodiment of their expression. And it just, it just blows my mind. I mean, I can tell people, you know, it's, it's okay to feel or, or, or they can have, be surrounded by other people that are feeling and, and that's going to actually really allow them to feel. So it's, it's just, it's so powerful. I mean, and, and just as you were saying, it's good to have those containers, you know, that where, where you have a community that's um, neutral and, and allows you to express, but you also have to cultivate that for yourself and mm-hmm. that in creating that unpressurized container for yourself, because we are the hardest on ourselves. We are the most judgmental on ourselves. And I've seen it time and time, time again, where we are our own worst enemy and actually really one most people don't give a fuck about us. <laughs> and it's like, we're the, actually the ones that cares the most about our, about what, what, what we look like and how we're moving through the world. And so many people are walking around emotionally and experientially obese where they just have undigested emotions and undigested experiences that they've gone through. And so that's the number one thing that I can, I can say for people is space creates digestion. It allows digestion of our experiences. It's never, it's rarely ever the issues that you're going through is something that you need to add in. 
most of the time it's just continue to strip the layers away until you reveal what's actually there create the space and it'll all kind of fall into place for yourself mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely i think one of the you know one of the things that as a woman in particular um that i i reclaimed in this process was i've been working with my soma and my emotions and my permission to express is my relationship to anger you know was mm-hmm. was incredibly stifled and that particular dream and being in those in those practices with my you know um my fellow students in your class it gave me enough permission and enough practice into expressing the power of my anger that when that dream came through and that insight came through i was able to actually hold that that awareness and go back into the emotion i could re-envision the dream and i was fortunate enough to work with somebody who we, we went back to it and he said you know what did you want to do in that situation and I said, I wanted to turn around and grab that man by the throat and say, don't fucking touch me. If you fucking touch me, I'll kill you. And he threw pillows on the floor. He said, do it. Yeah. Like I can't, it feels weird. (laughs) And I just went in and somatically, like I, I was like strangling the pillow. I was letting myself scream and wow, the power, wow. The power that was behind that wow the power and that power doesn't need to come through violently but after a lifetime of suppressing it and being people pleasing and making sure everyone likes me so i don't get hurt what kind of power is undigested unexpressed unused in a positive way um man it came through in my poetry it came through my being i could get so much more accomplished as i started to just allow my anger to be felt and expressed my scream and my my voice got deeper my voice got clearer mm. like i feel lighter in my body um there's an energetic to you know the obesity metaphor which is really potent and yeah. we have we're we're so much lighter in our power you know there's there is a, a levity to that that you you, you just flow through life in touch with what needs to be said and you become a channel and an antenna um, in your body as you give it permission to experience and and express these things it's so powerful Mm. reclaiming of of your power you know the the anger is is it is a sacred force that is so necessary because it, it it elicits change and finding a healthy way to express that is something that I, I, I am, it's a dear mission for, um, my time on this earth and yeah. Wow. Okay. I feel like we could, we could keep going, but I would, <laughs> yeah. I would like to probably wrap it up for this episode. Caitlin, it was absolutely such an honor. I love you so much, girl. I, uh, I can't wait to, uh, to see you very soon. I'll be out in Austin soon. Looking forward yes. to connecting. And, the service uh, Austin edition coming up. Yeah, we'll be we'll be holding holding breath work out there along with all the other powerful brothers and sisters. And and uh is there anything that anything else that we can look forward from 
the poet oh. queen herself from the expression. Oh, she's got her power back, baby. It's going to be here. <laughs> um, no, I will be, of course, serving in uh, the fit for service community. So that's always something to look forward to. It's going to be a powerful year. They, oh, man. The, the events and the offerings that we have prepared for everybody this year and are still, you know, being discovered are really, really big and beautiful. We have one in Austin coming up. Um, if this gets out in time for people to join us and it will, it will. There. Amazing. So definitely recommend that. It's going to be super, we're going to be working with the body. It's all about the intelligence of the body. Mm. So, um, and the intelligence of the body is everything you guys. So definitely one to look for. I will be hosting a women's event at the beginning of April that hasn't been announced yet, but will be soon. I will be hosting a women's event in Costa Rica in May, and I am going to be generously and passionately sharing many, many pearls of the wisdom that I've discovered in my own self-expression through um, blogs and poetry on my website, poetqueen.com. But I'm, I can be found on Instagram and I share everything there. So for anybody who's interested in what I'm going to be writing and sharing, just stay tuned and it'll be flowing through me because yeah, I've got my, I've got my power back. <laughs> got a power back. Come join us in, uh, in March in Austin. Hope to see you guys there. And just thank you so much for being a pillar, Caitlin. Mm, thank you. See so you much. soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.